Hello, this is Voices from American Medicine on ReachMD. I'm your host, Frank Russomano, and I'm here with Andrew Rosenberg, Senior Advisor for the CME Coalition, yep. and Tom Sullivan, President of Rock Point and Editor of Policy and Medicine. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks Thank for having you. us. It's great to have you. Andy, I'd like to start with you, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about what the CME Coalition is. Sure. Thanks, Frank. The CME Coalition is a stakeholder advocacy organization in Washington, D.C. It's about four years old, and it represents a broad swath of CME stakeholders. We're talking about, among our 30-plus organizations that are members, include some specialty societies, some CME provider companies, for-profit and non-profit organizations, as well as some commercial supporters. And the organization is basically designed to provide a voice for CME in Washington, D.C., so that there's an opportunity to explain to policymakers in the healthcare field what exactly CME is, what's the role of commercial support for CME in in particular, and really to make the case for why CME is such an important and vital pillar of our healthcare delivery system. Great. So what would you say are the most significant issues from a legislative perspective that are affecting CME today? Well, clearly the number one issue from the past over the past couple of years since the passage of the Affordable Care Act has been related to Sunshine Act implementation. This is the Physician Payment Sunshine Act was a bill that was attached to the Affordable Care Act and passed as part of that a half dozen years ago. Originally, the goal of that legislation was broadly understood to really provide a means of public reporting, public disclosure of primarily direct payments between commercial supporters, pharma companies, med device companies, and physicians, so that patients and the public in general could have some visibility into doctors that were working on behalf of and receiving funds from commercial supporters. The initial analysis and the initial intent of the legislation, I think, was pretty clearly to exclude CME. I'm talking about this sort of, when we're talking about CME payments that that are have arguably been sort of in debate. We're talking about honoraria. We're talking about even attendance, the value that attendees get from participating. We're talking about the travel time and travel costs and and food and the such. None of these, under the rules of accredited CME, represent direct payments. So they're not circumstances where a pharmaceutical company is paying a doctor. But the question has been for CMS, and our role in educating them has been, what constitutes an independent payment. What does this mean? What does an independent grant even mean when a commercial supporter has no control over the money that winds up being transferred in some value to a physician who participates or attends a CME event? And so part of our big focus the last few years has been to educate, and I think somewhat successfully, the policymakers to understand that commercial support for CME is different from the sort of direct payments that Congress was seeking to capture in the Sunshine Act, and as such, there are some really negative implications if they're going to require pharmaceutical companies, med device companies, et cetera, to track every dollar that flows through a CME program to an eventual physician (coughs) recipient of that value. Right. Tom, you're the president of a CME provider and and also one one of the founders of the CME Coalition. Can you talk a little bit about why CME is different and, and why it should be treated differently in the Sunshine Act? Sure. Basically, when, when someone gives us a grant to produce an educational program, there's really no real strings attached to it. They say, here, you know, go out, produce a program on a specific on a topic. They just know what the topic is. They're just like helping out. 
And so they have no control over who the speakers are, who the attendees are. It's really up to us to, to develop something that meets an educational need and, and delivers something to those physicians to help them improve their practice. And the spirit of Sunshine was to capture payments in which a pharmaceutical company said, or a device company or a biologic or a, or a supplier said, hey, I want you to send this money to this doctor. And so they put that indirect payment clause in there. It was really to capture, you know, here, I want to make sure this doctor who's a high prescriber gets this, you know, this information or this, this benefit. So that they, and basically it's to, it's to prevent kickbacks. So the whole idea was to prevent kickbacks, to prevent things like off-label marketing where, you know, the reps are going out and talking about things that they're not supposed to be or doing events that they're not supposed to be because they can check a, an attendee list on a promotional program versus who is, you know, allowed to write that drug and then they can call out that way. And CME, it's all comers. You know, it's a lot of, it's really open, it's open edu- education. It's, it's very much an open forum. So it's much different than a promotional program or something like a dinner meeting that you would get from your typical pharmaceutical company. This is really to just help scientific communication and people to have exchange of ideas. Right. Um, so it's much different than... What's the potential impact, Tom, if CME is not protected? Well, I think, you know, for instance, if you go to, no one wants to be able to say, hey, I went to my annual meeting and I'm showing up on a list somewhere. The thing about Sunshine is they bit off so much data that nobody's able to do anything with it anyway. I mean, it's, it's amazing the size of this database. Last year, just for five months, was four million, four and a half million records. So if you can imagine a year is going to be somewhere like 10 or 12 million records. What are, what are we supposed to do with all that information? You know, are we supposed to track every time a doctor has a, has a sandwich somewhere? I mean, it's... I mean, what's the extent of, what are we trying to accomplish by collecting all this and, you know, by just basically tracking everything a doctor does? And I can tell you, your audience is not interested in having every piece of their life put under a microscope just because they go to an annual meeting for their annual, uh, you know, to their convention or they go to a grand round at a hospital or they, or they you know, go to the local meeting somewhere to learn about something. It's just not, it's just not the American way. Well, and if I could add to that, Frank, so the, the two, there are two sort of things that we've been telling folks on Capitol Hill and at CMS. And again, I want to emphasize that I think under the most recent guidance, CME payments are largely excluded from reporting. So this is a good outcome. So physicians can attend their accredited CME programs and can speak at them without concern, broadly speaking, for being to, for winding up in the open payment system, making it look as though they received a grant from a uh, from a company, but the two things that we've been trying to impress upon the policymakers are, first off, that there's a huge burden on pharmaceutical companies and med device companies to accurately track every dollar and to ascribe every dollar of value from a grant to an individual doctor. Remember, I mean, this is the burden is on them. Doctors don't have to report anything. It's all about the commercial supporters. But commercial supporters provide some really important value, and they underwrite a significant portion of CME. And our argument has always been, and policymakers on a bipartisan basis are understanding, that we should be encouraging pharmaceutical companies and med device companies to invest in physician, in accredited physician education. We shouldn't be creating burdens for them to do that, cost burdens, with significant penalties if they get the numbers wrong. So that's one half of it, Frank, is this notion that pharmaceutical companies, med device companies, should be encouraged to support CME, not discouraged. The flip side is that And this gets to Tom's point. The notion that a doctor who chooses to speak at an event and receive an honorarium, let's say from the AMA, for example, at an annual conference, 
completely unbeknownst to them that they would then be written up in this open payments uh, web base uh, database for the public to see that wouldn't list the AMA as the organization that paid them, but would list the pharmaceutical companies with whom they have no relationship, but who may have underwritten the program, bought tables at the program, sponsored the event somehow. Um, it's going to create a real chilling effect on the participation of doctors. And we've already seen this at some academic settings where uh, institutions uh, prohibit their faculty from participating in events that are underwritten by commercial supporters. And as a result, patients lose out at the end of the day because the best and the brightest from the medical profession are being frightened away from participating in CME because it may be reported that the underlying grant beneath the program comes from a commercial source and that it's going to be written up for their patients to see, for potential attorneys to see, others to see, the media to see, as though they were actually on the take from a pharma company for doing nothing more than presenting or attending an event. Right. If you're just joining us, I'm Frank Russomano. I'm your host of Voices from American Medicine. I'm here with Andrew Rosenberg and Tom Sullivan. Tom, it seems to me, you know, in listening to what Andy just said, that years ago we created that separation from pharma and CME and worked real hard to make sure independence was implemented throughout you know, the CME industry. Can you comment a little bit on that as it relates to the Sunshine Act? So CME, Continuing Medical Education, is governed by the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, which has a, uh, what's called the Standards for Commercial Support, which every provider of CME has to meet these standards in order to keep providing CME, or else they get kicked out. So there's huge business reasons to, to follow the rules and to make sure that there's a huge separation. For instance, promotional companies, if, they, if someone does promotional education, they can't also do continuing medical education. And so there's a, 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 you know, a strict firewall, a strict code that prevents them from one doing the other. And these companies spend a lot of time and effort and put a lot of resources into making sure that they, that they follow these standards and guidelines. And you know, non-governmental agencies like that that are kind of self-regulation are very important to our American system to ensure that so that Congress doesn't have to go and pass laws and doesn't have to make things a lot worse. You know, one thing that is coming up is, and just for your readers, is part of the 21st Century Cures is a bill called Encouraging Continuing Medical Education for Physicians. And this would exempt, and I encourage your, your listeners to, to review it, it, it exempts reprints, handouts, and continuing medical education that is not promotional from being reported in the Sunshine Act. So if you get a reprint now from a major journal, you're going to have to be reported on if your rep gives it to you. This eliminates that. So I think there's some real opportunities in Congress to, to pass this. It's part of the 21st Century Cures Bill, which, which is a very is just released as bipartisan. Both the uh, Democrats and Republicans are endorsing this, and I think it's going to have a huge impact to, to make sure that, that there's no misinterpretation of this rule. So, guys, it seems to me that there's a potential financial impact on healthcare professionals without the exemption for CME, without funding from industry, which we now know is independent and free of commercial bias. Um, do you agree that there, there's, you know, uh, without this exemption, uh, we might see uh, healthcare professionals have to, having to pay for their own CME? Well, I mean, I should defer to you, Tom, on that. My, my sense is that pharmaceutical companies and med device companies are going to have to decide whether or not, for themselves, they're going to continue to support CME. It's certainly our hope that even if they were to have reporting requirements under the Sunshine Act, that they would continue to support and underwrite. My sense is that where things are today on the, on the rule, 
are, are very positive and, and that most pharma companies will decide they do not have to do this reporting. My hope is that pharmaceutical companies will continue to underwrite to the same degree, or even more so. Tom, I don't know what your thoughts on that. So I don't think they're going to see a, a de necessarily a decrease in funding. Just one clarification, doctors pay for most of their CME, but this would just prevent, for instance, an annual meeting right now, registration six $700. It would be about $2,000 for a physician to go to an annual meeting if there was no commercial support. And I just think this enables a physician to go at a reasonable rate. It kind of helps. It's a benefit to everyone. It helps undercut the incredible price cost of producing quality education. A lot of times people will refer to legal education, but a lot of that's kind of haphazard, and it doesn't move at anywhere near the speed that CME and medical information moves. But it's just, it was just released this week that basically every 18 months we will see a doubling of medical knowledge. How in the world is a physician going to keep up if every 18 months there's a doubling of the knowledge? It's impossible. So I think you're going to see huge amounts of benefit from CME, and I think it's going to be a huge important player in the healthcare world going forward, especially with a lot of the changes in the reimbursement rules that your physicians are facing, where using CME will enable them to meet these standards and be able to keep the revenue coming in from CMS programs. But, but, but I will add, Frank, every dollar that a pharma company or med device company has to spell on, spend on compliance is one dollar it's not spending on educating physicians. So, you know, it's just really important to, to you know, we're trying to get policymakers to understand the real priority here should be on patient outcomes. Thank you for that clarification. And, um, guys, what can healthcare professionals who are watching this program do to support the exemption and, and uh, clarification on the Sunshine Act? Well, the AMA and, the, and, the, and, a, and a number of other uh, physician societies are all weighing in in support of this language. This bill that Tom was referring to is in something called the 21st Century Cures uh, Act. That is part of legislation that was introduced by Congressman Michael Burgess, who's a Republican doctor from Texas, and Pete DeFazio, who's a Democrat from Oregon. Physicians ought to learn about this legislation. You can go to our website, cmecoalition.org, or you can go to a number of other places. I'm sure the AMA is going to be tracking this closely and supporting it, and to weigh in with, uh, with the member of Congress to support CME and to support this bill. Yeah, just I would encourage your readers to write your congressman and say their support are there, are there senators that we support the encouraging continuing medical education for physicians provision inside of the 21st century cures? Thank you. Well, we certainly know it's exciting and refreshing to see the Republicans and Democrats agree on something. Yes. And so this is a good one uh, for them to agree on. Thanks, you guys, for joining us. This has been uh, a lot of fun, and I've learned a lot uh, talking with you. I'm Frank Russomano. I'm your host of Voices from American Medicine. Please come visit us at ReachMD.com to view this and other episodes of Voices from American Medicine.